Good morning, Journey. Uh, I want to say great to see you, which is what I normally say, but maybe I just need to say it's great to be seen by you. Uh, normally, there would be a crowd full of people here, and I've got to say it feels a little bit weird. Uh, I'm the kind of pastor that wants to be around people, look people in the eye, let them know that I see them, let them know that I want to smile at them. But you know by now, probably, that we made the decision that we are going to be doing just online services going forward for the foreseeable future. Uh, Because of the situation with the COVID-19 virus, which we acknowledge is a very complex and changing situation day by day, and so is our cultural climate around that. That is changing day by day. But this last Friday in the afternoon, we made uh, what I feel like was a difficult decision to suspend our personal gatherings here at the Commons, and we're only going to be doing live stream. Uh, I want you to hear and know that lots of prayer and thought and lots of gathering of information went into and around that decision, and I want you to know, too, that we are very confident that we made the best decision for our people here at Journey and our people that we love here in the Valley. As we listen to recommendations of healthcare professionals and community leaders, uh, we felt like this was the best decision to protect the most vulnerable among us. The CDC continues to talk about social distancing, not having large gatherings of people as one of the best ways to slow the spread of this virus and to protect those that are most vulnerable among us. And we've just got to be honest, Journey, we have large gatherings. If you've been around our weekends, you know that there are hundreds and hundreds of people that gather into a tight space and we have to squeeze together because there's so many of you here. And we just felt like the best thing that we need to do because we have these regular large gatherings is that we need to suspend and go to online. And the heart behind that is that we love people. We care about people, all people, everyone matters to us. Each individual matters to us. So we want to do whatever it takes to protect as many people as possible. And we will acknowledge fully that there are godly, smart men and women that are choosing their churches to meet now and going forward. And there are smart, godly leaders that are choosing in this moment not to meet. But as we wrestled with this. We felt like if we were going to make a mistake in this moment, we wanted to make a mistake on the side of caution and safety. Uh, I do want to let you know that there was no part of this decision that was rooted in fear. Nobody was afraid of anything. This decision was rooted in love. How do we care for? How do we show our concern? How do we show our love? How do we show radical love and action to our community? Because friends, we understand we do not need to be afraid, but we also need to be very smart and we also need to be very cautious. I understand that everyone that's listening to me right now, you've got personal decisions to make in terms of how you're gonna navigate the cultural climate around this virus. Uh, You've gotta make decisions for your family. What we were facing is that we needed to make a decision for a very large spiritual family, thousands of people. And we feel like this is the best decision for all of us. We realized that within our congregation, within the people that normally would be sitting in these seats, there is a vast major or a vast spectrum of, of responses that people have. Some people that I've talked to think this is absolutely crazy. It is just hysteria. And I've also looked into the eyes of people that are very, very genuinely afraid for what this means for them and for their loved ones. And I want to say this, we don't have to agree on that. But I will say we have 
to love one another. God calls us to love one another whether or not we agree or not. We need to love sacrificially. This is no time for whatever your opinion is. This is no time for selfishness or self-righteousness. I wanna let you know a little bit about the Everyone Initiative. We've been talking about that for a handful of weeks coming up to today. You might've even gotten an email about that. You might've even gotten some correspondence in your mailbox about that. I need to let you know that at this point, we're gonna suspend the Everyone Initiative. And the Everyone Initiative was us trying to get our heart around how do we love our valley and how do we use our facility to show our heart for everyone because we want everyone to know the hope that Jesus offers. But the reason that we're suspending it is because we feel like there is another everyone initiative that God has plopped right in front of us. And it's this crisis that we're dealing with in our country right now. We want to think about how do we love everyone through this? How do we love the people that are a part of Journey? How do we love the people in our community? And we believe that there's gonna be lots of opportunities for us going forward to be able to show tangible love to the people in our community. We're reaching out to some of our local partners that work with the under-resourced because we realize there's great potential for ripple effects in how this affects people in our community. And we want to be the kind of church that Jesus brought to this earth, a kind of church that cares about people, loves people, and we're gonna be thinking about how we can do that in very tangible ways. I want you to leave with this phrase today. We, de- we need to deal with help and with hope. We don't need to deal in hype. People today, they need our help and they need the hope of Jesus. Regardless of what your feelings are, that's what people need and that's what we want to bring to our community. And this is what we need to acknowledge as well, Journey. During times of crisis, people often are more open to spiritual things because their foundation gets shifted. They start to ask some questions. What am I really laying my life on? What am I leaning against? What is my foundation? And this is where we can bring the help and the hope of Jesus because we have a firm foundation in him. Journey, let's be the church that brings help and hope to people. There's a lot of people out there that are thinking this is gonna be a disaster for the church. But I think, friends, if we do this the way Jesus would want us to do this in terms of how we love our community, this will be our finest hour. Financially, people are asking the question, is this gonna be devastating to the church? Um, And my honest answer is, I don't know. But this would be my encouragement to you. I would not suspend your generosity toward the things that we're doing in any way. In fact, when we're not gathering together and we're not passing the buckets, this would be a great time to get into online giving. It's a great way for you to give consistently and systematically. You can always go to journeyweb.net slash give and give in that way when we're not meeting together. Because in this time, our valley is gonna need our support and our generosity more than ever. And some people are saying things to me like, we need to gather together. And I would say, absolutely, I agree, 100%. But here's what I want you to understand. When we gather, we don't just gather at the church, we gather as the church. Whenever God's people are together, the church is people. Whenever we're together, the church is gathering. That's why we're asking people in your homes, around the live stream, gather together with people. Gather with your family, gather with your friends, gather with your journey community. Whatever your circle is, gather together. And when you meet, 
pray together. We're gonna spend some time praying together today. Discuss the message together. Reflect with one another. Have a meal together. Take communion together. Be the church together. So many people have sent me emails and texts talking about how this could be the greatest opportunity for our church to actually move from rows to circles and learn how to do life together outside of the big room here. Journey, I don't know when this is gonna be over, but there will be a time when we're just looking and this is in the rearview mirror behind us. Let's continue to meet together. Let's continue to be about the things that God's kingdom is about. And friends, we will not miss a beat. But for us to do that well, what it's gonna require of us is that we take our eyes off of everything that's happening around us and begin to fix our eyes on him. Trust in him. Think about how we can love him more. Think about how we can love people more. God is not afraid at this point, and so neither should we. God is not wringing his hands about anything that is happening in our country. Let's take some time now and we're going to focus our hearts. We're going to focus our minds on him. Journey family, good to uh, talk to you, uh, not with you. I want to add my desire to be with you, and I wish I could reach to the camera and give you a big hug, although some of you would not want that for various reasons, uh, not just the virus. So uh, I appreciate that, and some of you appreciate the fact that I'm not hugging you at the moment. We're going to continue our series uh, called Puzzled today, and in God's timing, And in his plan, uh, he already saw this coming, and we had planned to talk about peace today. And Bob, you were going to speak about peace in relationships, and we planned this months and months in advance, and so it just landed because of God's providence, that he knew this was coming, that we were going to talk about peace today. And I don't know about you, but man, I could use some peace in my life. Uh, I'd love to start out by reading this passage from Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. The verses will be up on your screen so you can follow along with me. It's Philippians 4. I'm going to start at verse 5 and go through 7. The Lord is near. I think we feel like he might be far, but he's near. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't be concerned about anything. Don't be fearful about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of anxiety at the moment. There's a worry about the spread of the coronavirus. There's a worry about the panic of other people. There's maybe a worry for you about whether you're going to run out of toilet paper anytime soon. Uh, There's a worry about the stock market. And here's the thing, worry and anxiety, they don't bring about peace in our life. I walked into a grocery store just yesterday 
and it was not peaceful, we'll say it that way. There were people going a little bit bonkers. There was like a 20 minute line. It was like, I just needed some strawberries, a little bit of milk and some blueberries. And I had to wait a long time to check out. And I'll tell you what, it didn't feel peaceful. Right. People's look in their eye was anxious. Uh, they were worried, they were concerned. So what do we do in a moment like this? Well, Paul tells us not to be anxious about anything, but instead to come to God in prayer. Today has been set aside as a national day of prayer, a day to rest, reflect, and pray. And let's be honest, some of us actually need this day and, and, and have been needing this day for quite some time. Um, you need peace, we need peace. I need peace. Bob, you feel like you need peace? Absolutely. And prayer leads us to peace. Knowing that God is in the storm with us, there's this picture of Jesus, uh, story of Jesus in a boat with his disciples and the storm comes up on the Sea of Galilee and the waves are rocking the boat and water's coming over the side and Jesus is in the front taking a nap. And the disciples grab him and go, Jesus, wake up, we're gonna die out here. And Jesus says, you have little faith. And he stands up and he commands the wind and the waves to be still, to be at peace. And so we have someone in the boat who can bring us peace and Paul instructs us the best way to do that and interact with him is through prayer. God is our refuge, our protection. He is our peace. And so we're going to engage in the Lord's prayer, how Jesus taught us to pray. So we're going to take some time uh, to pause and work through the Lord's prayer. And here's how we're going to engage that. This Bob and I are going to uh, talk through these different areas within the Lord's prayer, character, kingdom, provision, forgiveness, guidance, and protection. And we're going to take a pause in between each little section and give you a little bit of time in your home or wherever you're at to pray with those who are there to reflect, to pause, and to pray so that a little bit of peace might come into your life. We'll be in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, the Lord's Prayer. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Um, the Prince of Peace, uh, he was the one who taught his disciples how to pray. And just like Paul said, that peace that passes understanding comes as we come to God in prayer. And we just feel like this is the time for us to do that. So we wanna think about how did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? And what we're gonna be walking through is what we commonly refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes I think that we can see that as just kind of this prayer that we just repeat mindlessly. But what Jesus was doing was he was giving them a framework or a template or a model for how to think about prayer. This idea of inviting God's peace into our life, inviting his shalom into our life comes as we engage with him. And so we're going to look at six different aspects of prayer and we're going to engage in them together. This text starts out in verse 9. Jesus says this, this then is how you should pray. And the first phrase, or the first movement, the first piece of that template says, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Jesus is explaining when we step into prayer, we don't start out talking about this is what I want. These are my needs, wants, and wishes. This is my to-do list for you, God. When we come to God in prayer, we take our eyes off of the things of this world and we put our eyes on him. Jesus wants us to think about who God is and what he's like. And he uses a couple of different pictures here. One, he starts out by saying, our father. 
this picture of intimacy, this picture of closeness. He wants us to know that like a good dad, he is there. He's there to comfort. He's there to protect. He's there to provide for us. We need to think about God is our father. He's near. But Jesus also says we need to understand that God is holy. He is very other than us. He is very separate than us, different from us. He is on the throne in heaven. He is sovereign over all things. But he wants those two things to come together in our mind. This God that has everything under his control is like our dad. And we need to be reminded of those things. So as we step into a time of prayer right now, what we want you to do is begin to think about what is God like? What are his character qualities? And take some time now just to thank God for the things that are true about him. What are his character qualities that you can thank him and praise him for? We'll take a couple minutes doing that. Following God's character, it says this in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm longing for God's kingdom to come. In a moment like this, I long for a kingdom that is above all the other kingdoms and a king who is above all the other kings. Uh, I long for a kingdom where there is no viruses and there is no tears, there's no sickness and sadness where God's kingdom rules and reigns. And Jesus encourages us in this prayer to pray for God's kingdom to come in a tangible way in our lives. And so that's what we want to spend some time praying on next. We want to pray that God's kingdom would come in our life, I'd like you to consider where are the areas where God might not be king of my life right now and where I need to make him king? Um, I would like you to consider praying about um, where can the kingdom of God come in your family, in your home, in your relationships, in your neighborhood, in your kids' lives, in the world around you. Take a moment to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's continue to pray.
Jesus continues after talking about the Father's character and the Father's kingdom. He talks about the Father's provision. And he says this in verse 11. He says, give us today our daily bread. Asking God for our daily bread. Now his audience, a primarily Jewish audience, when they heard that, immediately their minds would be drawn to the stories that they heard their whole life of the nation of Israel as they wandered around in the desert. God provided for them. Every morning when they woke up and they opened up the tent, they would look outside and they would see that there was bread from heaven, manna for them, God's daily provision. It was God's way of reminding them every day, I'm the one that will provide for you. I will provide for your needs. And the reality is in this moment, uh, we have lots of needs. Even before this moment, we have lots of needs. We have spiritual needs. We've got financial needs, emotional needs, relational needs, 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 needs. God wants to hear those. He wants to be our provider. He says, boldly come to the Father and present to me your requests. What is it that you are asking for? So we're gonna take some time right now to begin to think about what are our needs? What are the things that we need in this moment? Maybe not only just your needs, but the needs of people around you, the needs of our community. How can God step in and provide the daily bread that we need? Let's continue to pray. Verse 12 continues and says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Sin is, it's like a debt. Um, A lot of times I like to think of uh, the debt that I've accrued versus the debt that I've actually done in a good way. 
right? And say, hey, how am I, how am I doing? Like, have I done more good things than bad things this week? But the reality is sin is simply this. It's when we miss God's mark. So if God has this perfect mark out there and we take our shot with uh, you know, our thoughts and with our dreams and our desires and our actions, it, the question is how close are we going to the mark, right? And, and the reality is we're missing the mark. And so we're accruing this great debt against God that we cannot, we can't make right. And so forgiveness is simply God saying, I'm gonna make it right for you. I'm gonna forgive your debt. I'm gonna take those sins away from you that you missed the mark. I'm gonna make you hit the mark. I'm gonna make you clean and clear in front of me. And because we get that, we also can give that. Right. And so the challenge in here is that we also forgive because we're forgiven. And so what we want you to do right now is we want you to take an account. I want you to think about what's going on in your own heart and your own life and your own actions. I want, I want you to, to confess ways that you're falling short with God and then simply ask for his forgiveness. And then also, I, I want you to think about and consider who you have not yet forgiven, who you need to work on forgiveness with and then forgive them in your heart. Spend some time in prayer considering forgiveness. Jesus continued the beginning of verse 13, talking about our need for guidance when he said, and lead us not into temptation. There's the reality there that we need to be led. We're gonna be led either into advancing his kingdom or we're gonna be led into temptation. We need to hear from him. When Jesus talked about what it looks like for us to be led by him, he used a great metaphor of a sheep and a shepherd. 
And he said, the, my sheep, the ones that belong to me, this is what's true of them. They hear my voice. They don't recognize any other voices but mine. They hear my voice and they follow it. They're willing to obey. As we think about this season, as we think about any season, we need to be guided by him. We need to hear his voice. We need to continually be coming before him saying, God, what is it that you're saying to me? And what is it that you want me to do? That we would hold our life up to him and say, God, you call the shots. We need your guidance. I'm imagining across the life of our church right now, there are people that are making big decisions that they need wisdom on. They're making even small decisions that they need God's wisdom on. Would you pray right now for God's wisdom in those decisions that you would hear his voice above all the other voices that are out there in this world? Verse 13 says this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In that same parable where Jesus says, my sheep know me and they hear my voice, they also say there's another voice, the voice of the thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. And, and I, wanna, I wanna say this to you, there is an enemy, but it's not your neighbor. It's not somebody who thinks differently politically than you right now. Um, it's not somebody who has a different opinion on how we should handle this whole situation right now. We have an enemy, the thief, who comes to kill and steal and destroy. And we need to pray for protection from the evil one. We need protection from all the frantic thinking that's going on that's driving us not to trust in God. We need protection from what's going on. We need protection from the lies that separate us. We need protection um, from this moment of political conspiracies, selfishness. We need protection from ourselves. And we need protection for those who are at risk in this moment. Yes, um, there's those are at, who are at risk of this virus at this moment, and we should be praying for them. 
but we should also be praying for those who are feeling vulnerable in terms of feeling lonely, in terms of those who don't have anybody checking up on them, in terms of those who are paralyzed by fear in this moment. And we need to pray that God protects us as a church. Church, here's what I believe. I believe that this moment can draw us together. I think the thief wants to come and divide us. He wants to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus has come so that we may have life and have it to the fullest. And so church, I don't think this is the worst moment. I think this is gonna be the best moment for us. We need to be unified. We need to love him and we need to love each other and we need to be protected from all the other voices. So let's take some time to pray for protection for yourself, for your community, for those who are at risk, and for our church and the churches in the valley and throughout the world who are trying to stay united in this moment. Let's pray for protection. journey where you're at right now, we want to just pray the Lord's Prayer together. It's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it, and if you would, out loud, even if you're by yourself, would you just pray this out loud, out loud together with the community that you've gathered with. Let's pray this together, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, we acknowledge that you are king. God, you are our good father and you are holy We can lean on you and trust in you. We know that your kingdom is coming. Your rule and reign is coming to this earth. God, use us as a church to bring it. God, thank you that you provide for our needs. 
God, thank you that you forgive us. And because of that, God, thank you that we can extend forgiveness to others. God, you guide us. You want to take us down the right path. We want to be attentive to you. We want to hear every little nudge that your spirit gives us. God, make us attentive to you. And God, you're our protector. Jesus, all power and authority on heaven and on earth has been given to you. You have victory over the evil one because of your shed blood on the cross. And we pray that over our church. We pray that over our community in this moment. Jesus, we have nothing to fear. We will no longer be slaves to fear. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.